and welcome to another Record Celtic podcast. I'm Darren Cooney and today I'm joined by Graham Young. How are you, Graham? Very well. And Michael Gannon. Michael, you alright? Um, so feels very familiar, Darren. Good. I know. Well, I think we should inform <laughs> our listeners that we have spent about... We recorded the first one about half an hour, 40 minutes ago. It was going great and then the laptop blew up. So we've Such got to do all that again, but it'll all be fresh to you, so don't worry about that. On the podcast today, we're going to talk about a variety of subjects, including Celtic's Champions League uh, qualifying, where they sit, who they could face, what pot they may be in if they reach the group stage. We're also going to, of course, deal with transfers, who's coming in, which is the most important positions that uh, Neil Lennon's going to have to fill. We're going to speak a wee bit about Lee Griffiths, who gave a, an interview on Celtic TV yesterday, and he's absolutely champing at the bit to get back. We're also going to discuss the pre-season plans for Celtic. So, yeah, let's get going. Graeme, uh, you've been doing a wee bit of work and in, uh, well, investigation. Yeah, but it was mostly you. Makes so a d- change. Don't be, don't be shy. <laughs> uh, regarding the, the pots, you want to tell us about them, Graeme? Yeah, so Celtic, this is obviously the arduous task every summer of four qualifiers. Try to reach the Champions League group stage. Uh, and it's not going to get any easier this summer. Uh, they could in the first round, that could start off pretty tough. They could play a team like Cluj, mm. uh, who are Romanian champions for a long time. They've been very, very good. And then after that, it doesn't get any easier. Teams like Apple, Nicosia, Red Star, Belgrade. Now, these are capable teams. Celtic, if the squad's right and everything's going well, should be able to uh, be able to find a way past these sort of teams. But it doesn't. It really doesn't get easier as it goes along. So there's plenty of challenges along the way. But the good news for Celtic is they'll be seeded in the third pot, which. Uh, it's a massive bonus because it gives Celtic the chance of playing a team in pot four that they could maybe edge out and keep the Europa League uh, European football going up until Christmas. Worked very well for Brendan Rodgers uh, two years ago. They were able to do that. So, But the pots itself, they're packed with top names. So you're going to have either Tottenham or Liverpool in pot one with Chelsea, Barcelona, Manchester City, Juventus, Bayern Munich, PSG and Zenit. Pot two, now this is where it gets crazy. So Real Madrid won the Champions League four of the last five seasons. Uh, they'll be in pot two alongside Atletico Madrid. Teams like Porto have been there, Borussia Dortmund, Napoli, Shakhtar, uh, Tottenham and Liverpool, the losers of the final. Yeah. Uh, alongside Ajax, who are obviously uh, rising. They were excellent this season, really many believe should have been in the final, but were pit- caught out by Tottenham in the end. Pot three, this is good news for, well, good or bad news. Celtic played Benfica a lot of times, but the three times have been drawn against Benfica in the Champions League. They've reached the last 16 so been a bit of a lucky side for Celtic but they won't play them this time if they make it uh, Dynamo Kiev Leon are in there which is really interesting uh, we missed the bell but Celtic no, won't obviously no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and then you've got Bayer Leverkusen Salzburg uh, Valencia and Inter Milan as well but Pot 4 that's where if Celtic make the group stage there's plenty of teams there uh, they're, but they're not easy teams to come up against Copenhagen have been very good the last couple of years Dino Zagreb as well uh, perennial creation champions uh, Lokomotiv Moscow Proven as well, they've got a very big uh, budget to bring in players, always dangerous. Genk were decent last season in the tournament, Galatasaray uh, on the rise, and Leipzig, who Celtic know very well, uh, pipped them in the Europa League group stage this season. So there's Celtic know what's in front, and there's always got to be really challenging games along the way, but if they do make the group stage, they'll be in with a chance of maybe a couple of teams in the group that could give them the opportunity of keeping their European dream going for a little while longer but as always and Michael spoke about this in the past as well with Celtic when they're playing uh, this tournament the teams that come through the Champions stage it's, they've been perennial whipping boys for a long time I think only five teams have made 
Oh, um, still, he's still oh, in my geez. start. I can't, oh. I can't believe that, that how shit. That was your best how, line as well. Panic, Michael. No, panic. But you've got another just, line, Michael. He's just nicked my notes. Michael, you've got another line that you said in the podcast before the laptop blew up. Oh, we'll keep that for, for All right, yeah, so sorry. Yeah, but, um, right, okay. Yeah, that, that, the champion's route is um, something they certainly have to make the most of while it still exists. Um, because the, the every year, every 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 kind of um, rotation of um, Champion League's reform becomes um, more and more under threat because the, the teams that come through it tend to be cannon fodder. Um, they get clubbed across the continent on a yearly basis. And how uh, long are this Champions route we've got left? Potentially, at the moment, the current uh, the current system is in place. Twenty twenty one, twenty one to twenty four. There's going to be another new funky competition on on. Um, Rolled out the yeah. um, at the moment called Europa League Two, which catchy name. It's not going to be called up for. I don't think it's going to be another another name, um, Brexit or something. I don't know. You can think of some <laughs> <kind> of <name. laughs> the Brexit that's League, but that's for the that's for the Diddy the Diddy League. It'll yeah. be. I think it's going to be teams that are that are maybe not the the, the elite teams, obviously. Uh, and then twenty twenty four is the next kind of um, schedule revamp, and that's when the, I think the, the champions route might get that's get the, bumped. That's, that's the one like Nelly and all that. Of Juventus want want it ripped up, and that's the next. Every every time there's a kind of um, a, a round of talks to revamp the situation. The 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 Super League talks held, and um, the ring fencing, the Champions League comes up again. So Celtic have a chance to get to the group stages through this Champions League route, which is the best route possible for them. Um, but it's a it's a torturous campaign. It's four games, eight, uh, four ties, eight games in eight weeks. Um, I think Brendan Rodgers described it as um, the tumble dryer. Um, at some point, you're going to a moment when it's uh, you're in complete chaos and hanging on by a thread and getting spun around everywhere. Uh, and I think that's what we'll be looking at again this this year. Look um, it. But they should be aiming for the Champions League group stages. I think that is the bare minimum for Celtic. Uh, as hard as it is to get there. It's not. It should not be insurmountable, and it should be the the minimum target for Celtic. No, because I mean, you can't bang on about how much money you've accrued and amassed, on one hand, and then come up against a side with a smaller budget and not expect to beat them. No, well, as they did against. Listen, Celtic are, are, are rightly uh, hailing the fact that they're they're in the top thirty, is it, teams in Europe in terms of the whole bigger picture and finances and revenues and support and all this kind of stuff, but their European ranking doesn't fit. I mean, I think they're running about 50 or something like that in Europe. Right. So you could argue they're underperforming in terms of their, their, their finances. The wage bill is comparable with teams like Basel, Salzburg, these teams that are Ajax aren't a million miles away. Already they bought some, some big players, but their, their overall wage bill isn't all that huge. So um, Celtic don't really have that excuse. They have got a, enough clout to go and compete at that level and they have to go and do it. But it, uh, listen, it's it's, tor- it's a torturous route because of when it when it is. It's so early in the season, the team's still invariably trying to build. Uh, they chuck in kind of um, major tournaments as well. There's players that are not back for a while, so it's difficult. Um, but they should be good enough and should have the, the the resources to get to that to that group stage. I think there's also the aspect it's fraught with danger. And Celtic, it's not easy ties in the past, but there is. In certain games where it could have been more difficult for Celtic as well when they've been drawn against Astana, say there's maybe more challenging ties and that could be the season where the, like, it doesn't go their way. Like Cluj could be the first team out of the group, preferably like a team like Lincoln Red Imps or a Linfield. But and there's a Polish champions yeah, as well. That's, exactly. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, Witchy or something like that. And then oh, well, no, is the, the Polish Leicester. Right. And who, who have they got? Who's in their team? Uh, well, I think Tom Hate, Tom Hatley. Can he be that ex, good then? Ex-Motherwell. Um, the good lad, Tom. Uh, yeah. Good player. Um, 
but you would want to avoid them. I think any team that's beaten like Pozna and Liga Warsaw and all that stuff, yeah. they're ones to avoid in that, that first. They're no, they're no red imps. Um, the name still gives me a, a shudder sitting that summer's evening in, on the rock. Oh, you were there, yeah. Well, you're thinking you're in for an easy night. <laughs> Benny Rogers' first game in charge, and all of a sudden you've got um, all hell breaking loose and the red imps, the taxi drivers and the, <laughs> the conductors and the policemen in the town uh, beating Celtic in the Champions League qualifiers. But um, it's only a blip. If he's no longer there, of course, so they might be all right this time. If he's no longer there. That's true. So This is true. But um, uh, that was a night to remember. Uh, right, so that leads us on nicely to, I mean, you, you just mentioned it, Michael, the fact that they've got a bit of rebuilding to do. Peter Lowell said the other day that mu- too much has been made of this rebuild. Causing, causing mass panic among the supporters when yeah, they said it. Yeah, it did, it did, <laughs> it did. Uh, right, so where do you stand? Huge rebuild, large rebuild? Medium. Medium. Right. So, what? Why? What? How many? How many players do they need to bring in? What's the minimum? I think I looked at it. I think they need six, um, six, six new players that are potential first team players, which right. is half a team. I suppose that, that was major rather than medium. Right. So, um, talk us through those then. Right back, obviously, I've been harping on about for a while. I think they still need obviously Lustig on his way. I think um, Celtic still need uh, a backup left back and a new right back, um, and also I think they need two. New centre backs. Um, I don't think they can. Lenny can hang his hat on. I think. I think Josevinovic and Kasaya have been good together this last part of the season. I think they look, they looked, they've, they've formed a good partnership. But I don't think you can hang your hat on on Savinovic for a season. He's not got. He's never played a full campaign injury free. Uh, therefore, I don't think you can rely on him. It's the same problem they had with Boyata before. Um, I think Rogers at one point hung his hat on Savinovic and Boyata, and neither of them have ever been fit for a full season. So at least one centre back, I would argue, probably two needed, needed, uh, and and soon. Um, Celtic are back for pre-season training. As scary as this sounds, uh, as we said today, it's eighteen days away from reporting back pre-season training. June, June eighteen or something. June 18, 17. seventeen. Then the, the guys involved in the European games for the countries are a week later, and they go to Austria on June twenty fourth, which is what twenty five days away. Right. Okay. Uh, from as we said today, um, time is of the essence. Um, right, we'll come back to that, but let, yeah. let's let's return to the, the players. So then. two centre backs, right back, left back. That's four. Um, I think another centre forward. Um, Lee Griffiths obviously coming back. Um, everyone hopes to see him back, fit, fighting, scoring goals for Celtic and for Scotland. But we don't know. Big question mark. Um, I mean, there's bio. But what what have you what have you heard of his kind of first few months at Lennox? Slightly enigmatic. I think he, he arrived with a, a, a CV of goals in Slovakia. Um, no, we don't know an awful lot about the Slovakian league. Um, but I think the first impressions around Lennox Town were a wee bit. It was a wee bit raw. Um, maybe required a bit more polishing up than 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 maybe we thought at first. Um, but it, all accounts, he's got all the tools. He's 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 big and strong. He's good in the air. Um, can finish and um, so he's got these tools it's whether or not they can I don't know he's not going to be the main man from the start of the season that's for sure right. um, we'll have to wait and see where he fits in um, going forward I think it's another striker I think is is necessary um, you've got Marion Schwed coming in um, or he's already checked in now um, been to see how he gets on I think Celtic could do with another attacking midfield player um, I don't think they've ever really, ever really replaced Stuart Armstrong or Patrick Roberts, that kind of player. 
a big, a good tried and tested kind of uh, attacking midfield player, wide player, that kind of thing. And there's question marks over Olivia and Cham, aren't there? Cham, I mean, I think he's a player. Um, he did produce a couple of the, the worst performances I've seen all season in any, any shirt last season I think um, Easter, Easter Road and um, against St Mern and Paisley was what stunk the place out I think wasn't, he, wasn't he great against Rangers at Ibrox poor, in December yeah, I don't think he was never he didn't, he wasn't match fit I don't think by that right. stage but um, so I think if he, he may go if, it, if a, a bid comes in he's got enough of a reputation to, to attract I don't think he'll get the, the 10 million plus he would have got last summer Really? Yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't thought. I wouldn't thought so now. Um, but if six, seven million pound bid comes in, do they take the take the money and run? That will hurt the finances at the club, though. Given that they bought him for four odd, that they were not in back portal bids. Well, hurt the finances buying him for four and selling him for six or seven. Well, well, well yeah. When you could have got Tough. ten from, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I mean, until that, until that money's there, um, yeah. But they could have took nine million for Boyata as well. Remember. Uh, last summer and knocked it back so I, d- I don't think Celtic are, are, are even needing the cash so much I mean, they got 7 or 8 9 million pounds for Brendan Rodgers and his crew yeah. um, so I don't think that is all, um, a pressing need but whether or not he wants to stay and have another season I think he could do with another season Cham I think he needs a season um, of being fit and playing in week in week out I think he's a player but he needs, to, needs a season he's, he, this, this is right a, off for him might not even be a season Mick as well you could if he's a good European qualifier like, yeah, yeah. even the start of the season that could alert teams again plays well in the qualifiers because he has got talent that's just like Dembele then just keep him until near the end of the window and Cham's calling card is when games are Celtic and dominating he's able to find a pass in the midfield that others can't and Celtic when and Cham's playing at his best they're they're a different team but that's been uh, that kind of form that was there in his first season was barely noticed last it Mm. just wasn't there so Celtic need him to get back to his best because they are different McGregor offers so much but Cham's got a special quality when he's on form of just making Celtic tick yeah yeah. and yeah I mean you you mentioned Marion Sved uh, Michael Uh, Graham, what are your thoughts on him because he's, he's he's looked great in some of the clips we've seen oh, fantastic and I think he's a Neil Lennon type of player Lennon's first time as Celtic manager he really wanted his players Chris Collins in particular shots for distance Key Sung Young was another and Lennon's side they don't have the same they don't dominate possession the same way as Brendan Rodgers team do so they're not often they might not dominate the stat sheet 20 shots to 5 so if you've got players that are able to hit shots for distance that can make a difference in games uh, I think Shred fits that kind of role I know he plays out wide but he looks happy to cut inside um, and get shot that's what he specialises in Rogic is someone who been able to do that for a long time but in recent months he's not been the player that he had been previously so Shred could be a player who could instantly come in and make an impact the very good six months back in Ukraine as well uh, leaving, so there's a big opportunity for him to come and do yeah. well yeah I mean Roger you find out with players that play at World Cups Euros and don't get a break and suffer injuries he's he's not been anywhere near as, as good as he can be Michael so no he's had a, he's had a, a poor season by his standards in terms of um Injury and availability. I mean, he went away to the, the Asia Cup. Another one of these FIFA scheduling oh, issues. Right, yeah. They go away in, in January, February, and come back. He came back injured, didn't he? He never really regained his, his full fitness uh, right to the end of the season. Right. Okay. Let's <coughs> let's go now to about specifically players who could come in, and we'll just do a quick fire round, Michael. Right. So right. you ready? Okay. We're going to go through a number of the players that have been linked. There's been a, a whole host of them. There's about six, seven, eight. I mean, there's goodness knows how many, but we'll we'll keep it to six or seven. Uh, and first off, first off, one that kind of came about yesterday, 
the Girona Uruguayan striker Christian Juani. Yeah. What are the chances? Eh, Quick fire round, remember? Doubt it. Right. But doubt 32 it. years old, I mean, I know he's, he's been around a while. I would, I would doubt it. Okay, okay. Uh, Dylan Crow was one today. Yeah, young player at Ipswich. Yeah. Doubt it. Okay. Uh, Raheem Harper, we know he's a confirmed target. But that was on the record back page uh, last week from West Brom. Yeah, uh, I think... I think it's in the hunt for that one, yeah. Yeah, um, it's a lot interesting. Another young player depends on what, where he sees his career going. Um, They'll do the big sell with him, don't they? I would think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, Adam Meyer from Holland. I think he'll stay in Holland. It looks like right. Okay, and a couple of Scottish ones. We've got first of all. I mean, you spoke about it earlier about having cover at left back. Yeah. Uh, Greg Taylor, Scotland call up. Well, he's not. He's not one that's been mentioned as a potential target as such. Just, Celtic, just but a name that, that, that. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I think. Celtic have to be looking at the best Scottish talent as well, and I think he he fits the bill. He's been calling the Scotland squad on merit. I mean, already he is third or fourth down the line, but we've got a million terrific left backs. Um, but yeah, as a, as a as a potential backup, I would, I would I think he's a good little player. Okay, okay, um, and, and on the other flank, well, uh, Steve McDonald was the one, isn't it? Yeah, you mentioned um, interesting one. Um, had a great season at, at Kelly and broke out the Scotland team, and not looked out of place. So I think that'd be an interesting one. Again, looking at the, the talent on your own doorstep, um, but I think you'll be looking across the whole continent for a right back. Right, okay, okay. See for a player like Donald Mick, yeah. he'd be maybe more of a backup in terms of if there was he would get more marquee kind of right back sign in as well. What about Andy Ralston? Is he good enough? Do you think to make <laughs> the next step? Kind of waiting for for Ralston to kick on a wee bit. Aren't he's we? got all the tools um, physically, hasn't he? He's a bull. I mean, he is. He's, he's a bit like a tank. Um, he's quick. Um, he could do with running games. I don't know if he could do a loan spell somewhere, maybe higher up the food chain. Because he's done United, hasn't he? Yeah, done United. yeah. Went, went there at a terrible time, right enough. Yeah, um, and it fell in that blender. Oh. Um, so I think I think maybe even a loan spell in the in the top flight. I mean, I think that would would, would probably serve him quite well. I still, I still got high hopes for him as a, um, a player for the future. But this is a big season for him coming up. But I think needs needs us to run a game somewhere. Yeah, I mean, there's there's quotes speaking about right backs. His quotes kind of come about over the past 24 hours from Italy. Timothy Castagna, who he claims uh, Celtic lodged an eight million pound bid for him. Uh, he's uh, Atalanta at the time he was out of the picture. Now he's enjoying a his first team pick. Uh, he would have been he would have been significantly better by the, than Toyan by the looks of it. Yeah, well, Toyan came in, and I think his first game he looked apart, didn't he? he looked this, this looked like a, a proper right back, um, mobile and and aggressive. But then I think he had a, a game was at Tank Castle. He, he said sucked to the Lennon's side. First bit. game, wasn't I remember, it? I think Neil Lennon's first game. He, he just you could just see him looking around at the, the madness and mayhem of Scottish football, <laughs> and you see you see the poor guy. I think it was I think Uchi Ekpiatsu uh, flattened him. <laughs> I think you could see him looking around, looking, looking if it was a boxing match, he'd be looking for his corner to throw the towel in. Aye, aye. Um, he did the, the totally fingered get me offered team, yeah. and um, was barely seen again since. Um, so he was, he didn't fit the bill, but Castagna, I think, it was a real deal. I think Celtic were, I mean, they're pushing quite hard to get him, but I think once you get to eight million quid, I think um, Atalanta were, were bumping it even further for a full back as well. And I think That's a lot of money paying ten million plus for a full back um, is a serious amount of dough. Um, I think Brendan Rodgers was very, very keen. Um, likewise, the summer, and he was also keen on getting a, a, a right back. Yeah. 
uh, and spending big money on a right back because the, the way that Rodgers' teams play, the full backs are, are, are key to that that style. It's the Guardiola kind of template, isn't it? Um, so that was a, that was the level of looking at. I think whether they got him or not, I don't know. I mean, and Castagna, a lot that of money. price was a massive risk as well because he plays in a get the tactics book out here, Mick, but he plays in a three-five-two. It's totally different as well. So for a guy like that, you're spending a lot of money. You don't see him in the same position. So he's a, so he's a wing back there. He's then. playing more of a wing back. Yeah, yeah they, the style of Atalanta that's been been so successful the last couple of years. It's all about three central defenders. Check you. And uh, exactly, yeah. I. Sh- they certainly don't play back four either. Though. I, I know it can vary. Only Lustig plays deeper at times when Tierney bombs on. Yeah. Three four three. Uh, they can shuffle it. Like, oh, listen, like you're boring me now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you what, a whole a whole swathe of hipsters just just turned off. Exactly, just tuned in and turned off. I was getting the whiteboard out there as well. Right, carry on then, carry on. Young, he's deep pivots. No, that was that was really interesting, honestly. Uh, Lee Griffiths gave an interview yesterday, and it was it was good. It was uh, he sounded quite upbeat, but at the same time, he's gone through a lot, hasn't he? I mean, he was he was saying direct quotes. It's been a really tough couple of months from. Uh, what do you reckon, Michael? How's he? How's he get? What, are we going to see him in one of these Champions League qualifiers early on? Anyway, you'd like to think so. I think we, we saw him at, at Hamden uh, as part of the celebrations, and we briefly spoke to him at Hamden um, on Saturday after the cup final. And he looked in, in good spirit and good shape. What, what um, will he do? Do you think? Do you think he'll continue a kind of personal program up until he rejoins the squad on June seventeen? I would think so. I mean, he's been doing stuff on his own. He hasn't been part of the group as as much in the. Um, Towards the end of the season, he has been training away, but I think um, it, it, if he's listen, if if he's feeling back to getting towards full fit or getting back mentally right and physically yeah. right, then he should be ready to hit the ground running um, on the first day of training. Um, but listen, it's it's very much a case of wait and see with with, with Lee Griffiths. Um, I think it may be a, a it's, it's only three weeks away. Uh, he's been for an awful long time, so it's going to take a bit of time for him to get back into the, into the fold. But um, he's well liked among his, his teammates. Yeah, he's he? loved. He's, he's, yeah. He's, um, yeah, he's loved. He's, he's mates. He's, he's, he's daft as a brush. Lee, everyone knows him. Um, a great wee character. Yeah. Um, but he just needs to get himself sorted and get fit and, and see where he is. But it's going. To, I think that's going to be a fairly slow progress process. Right. It'd be good to see him back for club and country. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Graham. Pre-season, I mean, we'll come to you in a minute, Michael, because you go on all these trips. Uh, you're a veteran of the pre-seasons. What, what, what's Celtic schedule looking like then, Graham? It's uh, friendly announced the other day, wasn't Yeah, it? they're going to play Rennes between uh, the first legs of their uh, opening Champions League qualifier. So that'll be a good test as well. They're away to Austria again, which has been home for the last couple of years. And it's quite interesting for Neil Lennon. Uh, during his first spell in charge, it was all was trips abroad, these glamour friendlies to America and Australia. So, which that, they would have hated. Exactly, of course, they were big games or glamour games, but it's not the best preparation for a arduous season ahead. So, when obviously his last season in charge, uh, first time around, it was more akin to this, where travelling more local across Europe. So he'll have to get used to that as well. And I think it's a benefit for him as well because there'll be a lot of fresh faces in the squad as well. More time to actually work in the training aspects. Also a game in Switzerland uh, after the two in Austria. So a pretty, not too too much travelling, able to kind of get that spirit in the squad. And I think that'll be really, really important. Okay, okay. Michael, as I say, you're a veteran of them. T- talk us through the, the mood of the camp on these these kind of trips. What? And the itinerary. What, what do they do? Wake up in the morning... When's breakfast? When do they go out training? Give us give us a kind of schedule of these things. I wake up in the morning, have breakfast, they go out training. 
ten forty three, they go back well, out for you know, a massage. Do, do they do double sessions? Yeah, they train day. Come well, on, give us detail. Morning, train the afternoon. Yeah, right. and it's it's it's, it's intense. What do they do in their downtime then? Uh, they just hang about, really. Uh, golf, maybe? They can, I don't think. No, I think the golf now is, is kind of frowned upon. Um, they'll get a night off probably at some point in there as well. But it's a, it's a, I've been a few of these ones now. They do work hard. Um, two or three sessions a day. Um, it's about, because it is, it's, 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 it's the pre-season now is so, it comes around so quickly. Um, they don't need, to, it's not like the old days when they'd run up dunes and all that stuff because they're only off for a week, some of them. Um, I mean the guys that are on the international duty are for a week and they're back um, so they don't need to be up and running up and down sand dunes and, and, and all that stuff bin bags on like, like some of us they used to have in our back training um, sweating out the summer excesses it's not like that anymore so it's, it's more of a case of just getting them back up to, to speed Yeah. Um, but yeah they'll be doing they'll be doing different sessions um, fitness work and a lot of ball work and I think a lot, a lot of it will be planning on style of play and, and how how Lennon sees his team uh, function in the future. Um, this trip, I think, as, as Graham has touched on, it, they don't have the, the, the air miles of flying three thousand miles and back and forth. It's just a, it's a ten day camp in Austria, and uh, in, in Switzerland, three games and it's back and it's into the into the into the qualifiers. Um, so it'll be fairly relaxed. I mean, these things are always fairly upbeat because it's it's the start of a season is always optimism and the Champions League is around the corner. But the Champions League is, 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 is looms large over this thing. It's all about getting ready for these qualifiers because they come around so quick, and they have to be match ready. But it's actually impossible to match ready. Um, the first the first qualifier usually is the kind of game it's used as the springboard compared to football. Let's be honest, they should win the first qualifier fairly comfortably, um, and then it's the real meat and drink of the, the stuff. Against the bigger boys, and we'll probably kind of in the next few days we should expect another friendly being announced because they normally play one sandwiched in between the first and second leg of the opening qualifier, and then one after. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So sometimes they've been going to Ireland quite a lot. Yeah, doing the, yeah. the Irish uh, Dublin S- trips. Some like, parts they yeah. played, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Rovers as well. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised to see one in there, um, and there might be one kind of glamour one. They use of him kind of glamour friendly, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, the timing's bad for Celtic now. It used to be they could play these teams. Used to be involved with the, the Inter Milan's and the Interno- Intercontinental and Cups. Yeah, yeah. those yeah. Emirates Cups and Wembley. They're kind of yeah. rolled out sometimes. But because, because they're, like, they're, in, they're in action four weeks before these teams are even back. Aye, aye. So they, they kind of um, hence why when the bench try and catch up, and they'll take a week off. Usually take a week off, don't they? And play a friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, then they'll change that they can get a week, miss a week of the season to play a friendly, because um, it's worth a, worth a few quid. I, mean, I think a couple million pound one year to play one of these yeah. champions. Uh, intercontinental champions kick of boots. Yeah. Um stakes but, um, aren't don't get much higher than these glamour set. That's what you, the Europa League final was like as well. That felt like one of these Asian Yeah, it? it was one of those kind of things you watch on Channel Five at two in the morning. Uh, one of the friendlies you watch on Channel Five at three two in the morning, sorry. We should qualify oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh that uh, there was some uh, camera view, wasn't it, last night's game? Weird, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, was, barely um, see it. Yeah, the commentators didn't know what was going on. Yeah, and we thought we thought Hamden had big spaces behind the goals. You can catch a forty-two bus from the goals to the stands, can't you? Right. Okay. So let's wrap this up. Given that we've already recorded a podcast, uh, as it pains to point out once again, it's difficult. I know, given the number of players have to come in, but I'm going to press you for a prediction, Michael and Graham. Graham first. Will Celtic reach the group stage? Yes. And I think it's because Lennon's pragmatism will uh, come to the fore as well. I think at the time for Rodgers had an ideal how he wanted to play in Europe. It was very adventurous. 
think these games will be fraught with danger. It'll be. But Lennon will get yeah, the job I think, done. Yeah, I think he will. I think Celtic will be able to make the right. group stage this season. Okay, Michael. I think it's impossible to say because the, the group stages are like into Knicks and looking at the slim fit suits for the summer. Well, it's like, it's not impossible. You've got a yes or no I mean, answer. They look quite good, but somebody's a lot of work to get into them. We don't know who they face and don't know who they're going to sign. So there's, there's too many unknown factors at this point in time. Should they get there? I would probably say yes, unless they hit a right stinker in the qualifiers. Um, will they get there? I think I think they will, only because I'm an optimist in these kind of things. And I think right, so you've gone from impossible to actually But I also think I'm going to fit in that some fit suit. <laughs> okay, right. Impossible dream. Yeah, right. I know it's more likely. Right, thanks a lot for joining us, lads. Uh, you can subscribe us on Acast and iTunes and Facebook and whatever else social media has to offer. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you.